How is everyone doing today? Good. That's great to hear. Uh, welcome to the Assembly of Yahushua. For those who are not yet knowledgeable of the name of our king, we prefer to use the Hebrew name instead of the English name. The English name, of course, that we have grown accustomed to is Jesus. However, we desire to adopt the Hebrew name, which is Yahushua. Can everyone please say Yahushua? All right. That's the Hebrew name of our Savior. The name of his father is Yahuwah. So Yahuwah is the father, the God who created all things. His son, the Christ, the Messiah, he is Yahushua. We are disciples of our King Yahushua. And we gather together today on a Sabbath so that we can worship in spirit and truth. And we're happy that you are able to join us on this wonderful day. Because we believe in our King, the Messiah. We believe in the Christ. We know that he is in heaven. One day when the trumpet blows and you hear the shout from heaven, he will descend from the clouds and we will meet him in the air to be with him forevermore. This is our hope. This is our faith. However, what we want to be certain of is when our King Yahusha returns, that we will be included among those who will meet him in the air. We don't want to be left behind because if we are left behind, what would become of us? We're going to have to face the great tribulation. We want to escape. We want to overcome. We want to be with our king on the day of his return. So we're going to study today how we can make sure that when that trumpet blows, we will be with him in the air to receive the crown of righteousness. So let's begin our study today. In the book of Luke 21, verse 36, this is what it says. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. According to Yahushua himself, who are those who will be with him in the clouds upon his return. They are the ones who are able to stand before the Son of Man. The Son of Man is our King Yahushua. If we're able to stand before him, it means we will be in fellowship with our king on that appointed day. But who are those who will be able to stand before the Son of Man? Bible says they are the ones who escape. They escape all that is about to happen. And how are we going to escape all that is about to happen? We call that the snatching up. What do we call that in Greek? The harpazo, that is the day when we will be caught up together with our King Yahusha in the clouds. It is a blessed day because we will escape that which is about to happen. How many here want to be included? Yeah, we want to fly up. And anyone here afraid of heights? Yeah, we have a sister over there who's afraid of heights. I have a suspicion that on that day, before we go up, we're going to be changed. And all of our fears of heights, it's going to be gone. Are you excited about that? Because when that trumpet blows, guess what happens to our bodies? It will be changed. The body you have now, it's not going to be the body you're going to have when you go up to the clouds. It's going to be changed. It's going to be transformed. This is why we are excited. We look forward to that day. But who are those who will be able to escape? Who will be snatched up together with our King Yahusha? The Bible says they are the ones who pray and are always on the watch. And so what we need to do is pray, but not just to pray. We have to be watching. What is the meaning of watching? It's not simply waiting, but waiting with an expectation. Have you ever ordered something in Amazon before? Right? And then you have like a tracking number. You have a tracking number, you know it's coming. And so what do you do? You wait by the front door and you're watching. You're not just waiting, you're watching. You see, those who will be snatched up and receive the promise of everlasting life, they are watching for the return of our King Yahushua. This is why as people of Allahim, as people of God, we need to be watchful of the things that he says will take place so that we can be prepared. When should we begin to watch 
for the return of our king. Let's read the book of Luke. We read 36. Let's read now 11 or 10 to 11 and 25. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. There will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. There will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. When should we begin to watch for the return of our King Yahushua? When the signs that have been given to warn the people of God begin to take place. Do you know why? Our King Yahushua is giving us signs because he wants us to prepare. How can we prepare? When we see the signs, when we see the warning begin to take place, we need to begin to prepare. This is why when someone gives you a warning, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a good thing, right? I mean, why are we being warned to be given the opportunity to change? So that when he comes, we can be with him on that sacred day. But how effective is a warning when it captures our attention? This is why the signs given here by our King Yahushua, they're not ordinary, are they? They captivate the mind. It causes people to think. It captures our attention. What are these signs? Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Many world wars have taken place, one, two, and today, during our time, World War III is poised to happen. The US military, do you know where they're at now? They're in the Pacific, getting ready for a battle against China. We know about Ukraine and uh, Russia. We know about Iran and Israel. We know about NATO. You know what's happening? Do you know what is about to take place soon? A world war. World war, number three. Nations against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. What else? Great earthquakes. How many here felt the earthquake that took place yesterday? <laughs> well, probably it was the earthquake yesterday. But the point is there are earthquakes happening all the time. It's like Yahuwah shaking the world kind of waking us up. Wake up. You got to prepare. Something's about to happen. And so we have the, these events that are shocking. These events that capture our attention. What else? Plagues in many lands. What's in your mind right now about a plague that has crossed many lands? COVID-19. What else? The Bible says nations will be in turmoil Perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. You know, because of the roaring uh, seas and strange tides, it has created a shift in climate. The weather is getting hotter and hotter. People experience floods in unusual places. We have climate-related weather anomalies. Why is this taking place? Again, it is a warning sign given to us by our King Yahushua. But there's one that kind of stands out and brings a lot of fear in the hearts of many. It's the one where it says there will be miraculous signs from heaven. Terrifying things and miraculous signs from heaven. And our King Yahushua also mentioned stars. Do you know what the Greek word is for stars? The Greek word for stars is aster. And so aster is often used for the heavenly bodies, not just celestial stars, but even asteroids. And so when it speaks of stars and terrifying events from the heavens being shaken up, it's also referring to asteroids. You know, just several days ago, this news came out and a skyscraper-sized asteroid, that's pretty big. That's going to create a lot of damage. It flew closer to the earth than the moon. That's how close it was. Scientists didn't notice it until two days later. Can you imagine that? I mean, there are a lot of people who are gazing at the stars, 
professional astronomers looking at the heavens, they were not able to catch this. What if it hit the earth? More and more asteroids are appearing in the sky. This is why when the US citizens were polled, what was their number one concern? According to Ars Technica, once again, the US public says NASA should prioritize asteroid defense. This is why they prepared a strategy by sending some kind of rocket into the, uh, the, the asteroids, causing it to disintegrate. Star Wars, have you heard of that before? Uh, so the US, they're really worried. Many people throughout the world are concerned. They have this fear because there might be asteroids on the way to Earth to wipe out all of humanity. And so when you look at all these signs taking place one after the other, what should be our reaction? Let's read the book of Luke, chapter 21, 26 to 28. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. I would be too, wouldn't you? I mean, when all this happens all at the same time, it's a cause for concern. And our King Yahushua says, people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. For the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. What should be our reaction when the warning, the signs, the prophecies from our king begin to happen one after the other? The world will be terrified. But for us who believe in our King Yahushua, what should be our reaction? We should stand and look up, right? Instead of being overtaken by fear, we are enlivened by hope. What is our hope? When he returns, he will take us up with him. This is why we need to look up. We need to be watchful. And when we look up, what does that mean? Who is up there that we need to remember, that we need to place our hope upon? Let's read what it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, 2 down to 3. Let us fix our eyes on Yahushua, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Why are we instructed to look up when all the things mentioned in the Holy Scriptures begin to take place? Because there's someone who is up there in heaven who is the key and the solution to all of humanity's problems. What's his name? Yahushua, our king, the Messiah, the Christ. He is the one that we must fix our eyes upon. What does it mean? To fix our eyes upon him. We need to consider what he did when he endured the cross. Did you know our King Yahushua suffered on the cross? And by his shed blood, he has guaranteed that we will receive salvation. That we will be resurrected even after we die. And so he has given us the solution to all of our worries and fears. Consider him. When we consider and fix our eyes upon our King Yahushua, what is the fruit of that? Bible says, you will not grow weary and lose heart. Right now, there are so many reasons causing people to lose heart, to become tired. They feel overwhelmed by stress. You have the stress of unpaid bills, the stress of poor health, the stress of struggling relationships with people we love. And so it brings a person down. When we feel down and weary and tired, about to give up, look up. Fix your eyes upon our king, Yahushua. Why must we fix our eyes upon him? He is the author and perfecter of our faith. Do you know what that means? It means our King Yahushua expects us to have our faith grow, not stagnant. It has to grow towards perfection. We have faith in Yahushua. Good. 
But how is our faith today? Is it growing? Is it improving? Is it abounding? Because if it's not improving, it's not abounding, then we might begin to lose hope. We might begin to lose heart and stop following our king, Yahushua. This is why we need to see to it. Our faith is always growing, especially when all the events prophesied are beginning to take place right before our eyes. So the question is, how can we grow our faith? How can we establish our faith? Colossians chapter 2, 6 down to 7. As you therefore have received Christ, Yahushua, the Lord. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. How can we grow in faith, be established in faith and rooted in our King Yahushua? Bible says, when we learn to walk with him. When it says walk with him, it's a metaphor. Because we're not literally walking with our king. What does that stand for? What does it mean for us to walk with our king, Yahushua? It means that we are following him and thinking of him on a daily basis. Because sometimes there are believers who only think of Yahushua on their birthday, right? There are those who only think of Yahushua when something bad happens. There are, only, there are those who only think of Yahushua on a Saturday or on a Sunday. But the Bible says we should walk with him. You see, something beautiful happens when we learn to walk with our king, Yahushua. What is that? We become closer to him, right? And when you become closer to our King Yahushua, what happens to our faith? It develops. It strengthens. And when our King Yahushua returns, we can expect to be with him. Why? Well, if we're walking with him every day, when he returns, of course, we can expect that we will be among those who will stand with him on that appointed day. And so before that day comes, let us walk with our King Yahushua Every day, because the more we walk with him, the greater our assurance is that we will be with him when he appears again. And even in this life, we know walking with Yahushua, that's the key to overcoming fear. So many things that bring fear in the lives of people. But when we walk with our king, why would you be afraid? But there's something that's something we need to learn. We need to practice how to walk. How many here know how to walk? We all know how to walk. When a person is born again, because when we believed our King Yahushua, we were kind of born again, right? And when you're born again, you're an infant in Christ Yahushua. And so when you're a baby, of course, you have to learn how to walk. You don't simply just do it. You try walking by standing up, then you fall, you pick yourself back up again, you begin to walk until you learn how to do that. And so we who are believers, who practice faith in Yahushua, we need to walk with him. And so how can we do that? How can we perfect our walk with our king, Yahushua? Let's read the book of Matthew, chapter 14, 24, 26. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Yahushua came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. You know, what we read is something that happened in the disciples' life. They were on a boat. Maybe they were going uh, fishing, but they were on a boat. And while on the boat... There was strong winds that emerged. And because they were on the boat and they were going against the wind, what happened uh, to the, the, the boat? It was being tossed to and fro because of the heavy waves. If you've been in a boat before, is that something to be concerned about? Yes, especially if it's a small boat because it can overturn, right? And so what did they feel? They were afraid. And so because they were afraid, Yahushua 
when he saw the plight of the disciples, what did he do? The Bible says he went toward them by walking on the water. Isn't that amazing? Yahushua walked toward them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw this man walking on the water toward them, what was the reaction? They were afraid. And they cried out, it's a ghost. Beloved brethren, sometimes this happens to us. We fail to see Yahushua drawing near us. We fail to see the work of our king in our life. You see, the reason why Yahushua walked towards them is because Yahushua wanted to help them. But they could not recognize him. Why? Because they were focused on the fear. When we fail to see the work of Yahushua in our life, it makes it difficult to walk with him. And this is why if we want to walk with our king Yahushua, we need to be able to see the work of our king in our life. And so when they said, it's a ghost, what did our king Yahushua say to them? It says in Matthew 14, 27, but Yahushua spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. He was there. Yahushua's in heaven, but he can also be in here. Do you believe that? But sometimes we're not aware of that, right? We begin to face all these troubles. We become afraid. We don't even realize Yahushua's knocking on the doors of our heart. And so we become afraid. How can we walk with our King Yahushua if we are unable to detect his presence in our life? This is why to learn to walk with Yahushua begins by understanding he can be in us. His presence can be in us so that we can overcome fear. This is what we need to do. And so when Apostle Peter realizes that was his Messiah, what did he do? Let's read the book of Matthew 14, 28 to 30. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Yahushua said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Yahushua. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And so here's a different episode. Again, the disciples were, oh, this is the same event, but there were, Peter realizes the king was the one walking on water. And so what does he uh, tell Yahushua to do? Peter, Peter says, Yahushua, if that's you, tell me to come out to you and walk on water. And so what does Yahushua say to him? Yahushua says, yes, come. So there was a specific command by our king Yahushua to Peter to walk on the water. Take note, that was a specific command to a specific person on a specific time. It's not a command for us. So I don't want you walking on water tonight. Don't even try to do that. That was a specific command by our King Yahushua. This is why Yahushua said, come. And when Apostle Peter believed, what was he able to do? He was able to walk on water. Is that a miracle? Yeah. You see, when we learn to walk with our King Yahushua, we can expect extraordinary things to take place in our life. Do you believe our King Yahushua can still perform miracles today? You believe that? I believe it. Why? Because if we're walking with him, nothing is impossible. You see, Yahushua is a walking miracle. If we walk with someone who is a walking miracle, we get some of that miracle in our life. This is why we need to practice walking with him every day. We need to go to him, fix our eyes upon him, and never stop fixing it. Because once we stop fixing our eyes upon him, what happens? We begin to sink. Notice Apostle Peter. He had faith initially. What happened? 
when the winds became stronger and the waves became more violent, what happened? He stopped fixing his eyes upon Yahusha and he focused it on something else, on the waves. Sometimes that's what we do. I mean, it's a human response, right? When there's something terrible happening around us, we fixate to what is negative and we forget about the one up there. Learning to walk with our King Yahusha means always purposely going back to focus on him. Because once we stop fixing our eyes upon him, we begin to sink. We want to walk and keep walking until one day we walk with him all the way to the clouds to be with him forevermore. This is why, brothers and sisters, when Yahushua saw Apostle Peter begin to sink, you know what he said? You know what his diagnosis was? Let's read the book of Matthew 14, 31. Yahushua immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Yahushua said. Why did you doubt me? One of the things that prevent us from walking with our King Yahushua is when doubt begins to creep into our life. Sometimes as human beings, we doubt, right? Especially nowadays. We live in an age of skepticism, right? We question many things. And it's good to question many things. It's good to ask questions. How many here have ever had a doubt about their faith? Have you ever had that happen to you? Sometimes when we're growing up, it's kind of we were told, cannot question anything. You cannot ask those questions, right? But when we face reality, when we really are honest upon ourselves, we do have some doubts, right? We begin to question, why did this happen? Why did it happen? I mean, we used to belong to this huge organization, did we not? And we had strong faith. And then some things began to happen. And so sometimes people begin to doubt. Oh, but I'm not supposed to doubt. So what do they do? They keep it away from their minds. Don't do that. We must address the doubts. Because if we don't address the doubts, it becomes like poison. And it will cause us to drift away from the faith. Until eventually, Yahuwah, Yahuwah and Yahushua are so far away from us. We don't want that to happen. So we need to address our doubts. How can we address our doubts? Ask the questions. Search the scripture. Ask your pastor. But most of all, here it is. If we are suffering with doubts, what should we do? Let's read the book of Matthew, chapter 9, 23 to 24. Yahushua said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. His father had a big problem. His son was sick. And if you've ever been a parent, you know what that's like. His son was sick. No one could help the child. And so they go to Yahushua. Can Yahushua do all things? You bet. <laughs> so they take the child to Yahushua. Yahushua speaks to the father, says to the father, if you can believe. All things are possible to him who believes. The good thing about the father is he's honest. He wasn't about to speak a white lie to Yahushua. He was honest. You see, brethren, we can be honest to our King Yahushua. We don't have to pretend. If there's something we're struggling with, go to him like the father. The father cried with tears. He says to our King Yahushua, Lord, I believe. Help me. Overcome my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Brethren, do not ignore your doubts. Address those doubts. Search the scripture. Pray to our King Yahushua. Present it to him. And let our King Yahushua make our faith stronger and deeper. We need to keep asking Yahushua to grow 
our faith. But do you know what often creates doubt among the believers of Yahushua? Let's read. Again, another boat incident. A lot of things happen in the boat. <laughs> this is what happened. Another boat incident, a different one. But soon a fierce storm came up. They were in the boat. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Yahushua was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Yahushua woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Because the disciples, they were just learning how to walk. And when you're learning how to walk, you stumble, you fall, right? They were just learning to practice their faith. And so Yahushua looked at them, you still don't have faith? What was this about? They were in the boat. And while they were on the boat, all of a sudden, the high waves were breaking into the boat, and the boat was being filled with water. And so they became afraid. And they looked for the Messiah. What was he doing? He was sleeping. <laughs> so they wake him up. And what do they say to our King Yahushua? They say, teacher, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? And so they were thinking, because Yahushua was sleeping, that he was not caring for them. And when you begin to think that Yahushua does not care for you, does not care about your health, does not care about your kids, does not care about your life, what begins to happen? We develop doubts, right? When bad things begin to happen, the danger of doubt creeps in. Because they say to themselves, do you even care about me? Have you felt like that before? Have you prayed to our King Yahushua about something before? But it seems like he's sleeping. I think Yahushua's asleep. He doesn't care about me. Beloved brethren, our King Yahushua, he cares. Why do we know he cares? He died for you. He didn't just die for us. He was crucified for us. He cares. But when it says he cares, it doesn't mean we get everything we want. You see, Yahushua has a plan, a purpose, and a timing for everything he does. When Yahushua was sleeping, and then he waited for the right time, what was expressed? The power. And glory of our king, Yahushua. He got worse and worse. And oftentimes our king shows up just at the right time. We wish he would show up a lot earlier, right? But he's waiting for the right time so that his glory can be manifested. And so what happened when the waves became so raging, it gave the opportunity for our king to show his power. And so what did he do? He talked to the waves. He talked to the storm. He says, silence. And be still. And then, whew. I mean, can you imagine how that would have looked like? <laughs> that was amazing. Do you think that would have been manifested if Yahushua showed up earlier? Probably not. You see, there's a purpose in the timing of our King Yahushua when Yahushua does not immediately answer our prayers. It doesn't mean he cares for us, he's up to something good. And so we need to realize, brethren, when we go through adversity, when we go through suffering in life, what should be our response? In the book of Colossians, we read earlier, let us be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. You see, when we go through sorrows, difficulty, when we go through the storms of life, we need to root deep into our king, Yahushua. Do you know? What makes a tree strong? What makes a, a tree strong? Is it the leaves? Is it the fruit? What makes the tree strong? The roots. The deeper the roots, the stronger it is. What causes the roots of the tree to deepen into the soil? 
when high winds blow on it. Adversity causes the tree to deepen the roots. When we go through adversity, what must we do? Deepen our roots in who? Yahusha. So that we can keep walking with him. And brethren, sometimes it's very difficult to go through adversity. And especially when adversity has something to do with the people we love, right? And if it threatens our life. And so how must we deal with adversity? Let's go ahead. We're almost done. Let's take a look at John chapter 11, 1 to 3. This is a story of three people Yahushua loved. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. Want to pause it for a while? How many here know the story of Lazarus? I guess everyone knows the story, which is good. So we know Lazarus. He was, he was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord, and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Yahushua, Lord, the one you love, is sick. So here's, a, here's three people. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, our king Yahushua, adores them. He loves them. When he would go past through Bethany, he would stop by the house and sleep over and eat with them. How lucky these three were, right? But just because you're a close friend of our King Yahushua doesn't mean you're spared from adversity. You see that? Close friends of our King Yahushua, but they were not spared of adversity. What happened to Lazarus? He became deathly ill. He became sick, severe sickness. And who was concerned about that? Of course, Mary and Martha. And so what did they do? Well, they had hope. They had faith. And so they sent the word to our king, Yahushua, to let him know, Lord, the one you love is sick. They sent the word. You know what that is today's vernacular? Prayer. <laughs> right? Prayer. Basically, they prayed. But today we have it easier because we have the spirit. We can pray to our king. Yahushua. So that's what they did. They sent the word to our King Yahushua. Lord, the one you love. The one you love. Lazarus is sick. He needs your help. Come here quick. And so when Yahushua got the message, I wonder what he did. Let's find out. In John 11, 5 to 6, Yahushua loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Very interesting. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were loved by our King Yahushua. They were in desperate need of his presence right there and then. But when Yahushua found out, did he run immediately to Bethany? Is that what he did? No. He stayed two more days. So by the time he gets to Bethany, by the time he gets to the place of Lazarus, what happened? Let's find out. The book of John, 11, 17, 21. On his arrival, Yahushua found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Lord, Martha said to Yahushua, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Mary, Mary reached the place where Yahushua was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so when Yahushua finally arrives to Bethany to see and check on Lazarus, what did he find? He was already dead. He was already buried for how long? Here's my question to you. And I want you to think about this question. Okay? Was Yahushua late? <laughs> Some say no. Some are thinking about it. So they, didn't get, they did not give the answer. Think about it. I'm going to ask again. Was Yahushua late? Yes? No? Maybe? <laughs> That's right. I love it when you all read the Bible stories. But this is a beautiful story, right? You know who were disappointed because they thought Yahushua came late? Who were disappointed because they thought Yahushua came late? Mary and Martha. You can sense 
the disappointment in their choice of words. Both Mary and Martha, when Yahusha arrived, they said to him, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you've been here, my brother would not have died. You can kind of sense you're blaming Yahusha. Of course, we can understand why they were able to say that, right? Because if this happened to us, we might say the same thing. We might begin to think, maybe Yahusha does not love me anymore. Maybe he doesn't really care about me. They begin to doubt, right? Sometimes this happens to us, brethren. Sometimes when we pray for something about our life, about our kids, about our health, and there's no immediate answer, we say to ourselves, perhaps Yahusha no longer cares about me. Begin to drift away. So what do we need to do when this happens to us? When we feel, quote unquote, disappointed with our king, what should we do? What does Yahusha invite us to do? Let's read the book of John 11, 33, 35. When Yahushua saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and trouble. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Yahushua wept. Brethren, did Yahushua care about Lazarus, Mary, and Martha? Yes. What proves he cares about them? He wept. Brethren, when we go through something difficult, weep to Yahushua. And when we do that from heaven, he weeps with us. Something beautiful happens when we weep together with our King Yahusha. You know what that is? Our roots deepen into him so that we can keep walking with him. There are times and mysteries in our life that we have no answer for. And so we say, I'm disappointed. Yahusha was late. But was Yahusha late? Was, was Yahusha not caring for them? And we often think this because we are afraid of death. And when we think about death, there are two things that death comes with. What are they? The reality of death. It brings great fear. It brings great sorrow. When you think about the suffering in life, it's rooted in the fear of death and the anticipation of death. When you're young and a teenager, you often don't think about death. But when you get older, you begin to think about death, right? Sometimes we think about death when we're getting sick. So death is a big problem. But how many here know Yahushua solved the problem of death? Where did he solve the problem of death? On the cross. Death is nothing to our king, Yahushua. And so he asks us the following question. And as he asks us the following question, answer your king in your mind. This is the question he asked. Mary and Martha, 25 to 26. Yahushua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? If our King Yahushua were here right now, and he approached you one by one and asked you, Paul, do you believe this? Carrie, do you believe this? Ding, do you believe this? What would you say to him? Yes. Did Yahusha came late? Do you know what Yahusha did for Lazarus? He went to the tomb and he said, Lazarus, come out. 
he came out. Beloved brethren, perhaps one day we too will die. But you will hear his voice calling out your name. Come out. When will that be? Our parts. Yahushua's was not late. He was on time. And he's on time. Because at the appointed hour, he will come for us all, whether dead or alive. And we will be summoned up into the clouds with him to be with him forevermore. Brethren, do you believe this? And there's no reason for us to be afraid of death. There's no reason for us to be overtaken by grief. Because we will live again. Because Yahushua is the resurrection and the life. And even if we die, we will live again. And this time, no one can ever take away our life. That's the promise of our King Yahushua. Of course, the harpazo has not yet sounded. We're still waiting, right? While we wait, do you know who's praying for us? The, our Lord Yahushua. He sits at the right hand of God. Do you know, what do you think he's doing at the right hand of God? What do you think our king is doing? He's just waiting, watching TV. What is he doing? He's praying. He always prays. Have you noticed that in the Bible? He's always praying. In heaven, he's also praying. He's our high priest. He's praying for us. Do you know what's in, in the heart of our King Yahushua when he prays to the Father? I want to show you a glimpse of the heart of our King when he prays to the Father. We're almost done, I promise. But this is what it says in the book of John 17. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Want to pause for a while? Bible says Yahushua's praying. But he tells us he's praying for who? Is he praying for the whole world? He says he's praying for those whom you have given me. Who are they? The ecclesia. The people who believe in him. The people baptized into his body. Yahushua says, I'm praying for them. They are my sheep. You gave them to me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have you gave me may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them. And I in them. You know, this is a beautiful prayer over King Yahushua. And he's expressing his desire to the Father. Three things. Three things that he's praying for. Number one, he wants the love of the Father to be in us. Because Yahushua knows what it's like to be loved by the Father. And he wants that to be magnified in our life. We can use and we want to experience the love of the Father. But that's not all. He also says, I in them. Yahushua wants to be in us. You see, he never, ever wants us to be alone. He wants to let us know he is in us through his spirit. Lastly, what also is the deep desire of our King Yahushua. He says, I desire. What does it say? That they also, whom you gave me, may be with me where I Right now, Yahushua is where? What does he want more than anything? He wants more than anything that each of us will be where he is now. And there's a reason why. And I want you to catch the reason why. Because once you understand this, you're going to be filled with joy. When Yahushua says, I want them, that's us. I want them to be where I am today. Why is that the deep desire of our King Yahushua? Let's find out. In John 14, 1 to 4, Yahushua says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Isn't that a beautiful promise? He said to his disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. Because he knows what they were going to face. 
and Yahushua knows what we're going to face. The things we're facing now, it brings trouble. But Yahushua says, trust in God, trust also in me. I'm doing something. And what he's doing is grand. He says, I'm going there to prepare a place for her. You remember the question that we asked? Why is it the deep desire of our King Yahushua more than anything else to take us to where he is now today? Do you know why? Because of that statement right there. When Yahushua says, I am going there to prepare a place for you. Do you know what that means? You know, when you first, first look at this passage, you probably will not see it right away. But when you go deeper, there's something there that I want all of you to see and all of you to understand so that you will be filled with joy and hope. What is that? There's a meaning to that. There's a meaning to that. What is that meaning? How can we uncover that meaning? We have to understand something about Hebrew weddings. Because when, during the days of our King Yahushua in the first century, there was a process to a Hebrew wedding. And so we need to look quickly at the Hebrew wedding. When someone wants to get married, they go to the place, the house of the bride-to-be, talks to the parents, and negotiates what is called the mohar. The mohar. That's the beginning stage of the marriage process. The mohar, which is the payment the redemption. And so they go to the parents. He goes to the parents' house, negotiates the price for her. The groom determines the value of the bride and pays the mohar. After the mohar is paid, they go through a ceremony, a ceremony called the ketubah. The ketubah. What is that? That's when they create a covenant, a legal and binding document. We know this to be betrothal. They're engaged. In the Hebrew wedding, when you're engaged, it is legally binding. Today, in our culture, it's not. You give a ring, and that's it. It's not legally binding. During that time, in the Hebrew wedding, when you're engaged, it's legal. You're bound legally. So it's a covenant. Ketubah. And after the ketubah is made, the agreement is made, they sign the documents. What happens next? And then the groom departs. The groom leaves. Pretty sad. Because in our culture today, when you're engaged, what do you usually do? You spend more time with the one you're engaged with. The Hebrew wedding, different. The groom leaves. He departs. Why? To prepare the chuppah. The chuppah. What is the chuppah? It's a new home to which the bridegroom will take his bride. And it's in the father's house. <laughs> the chuppah is in the father's house. And so the groom will leave temporarily the bride to go to the father's house and prepares the chuppah. Doesn't this point to something? What does it point to? It points to our King Yahushua's relationship with us. Because Yahushua is following the Hebrew wedding. Did he give a payment for his bride? Yeah. What was the payment? His blood. His life. When he paid for it by his blood, what also did he create? The new covenant. It's binding legally. And so we're legally bound to our king. Yahushua. But in the first century, something sad took place. He went up. But is he coming back? Yeah. You know, before he left, before he went to heaven, do you know what the groom will say to the bride? The groom will say the following before departing. He's going to say to the bride, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. Does that sound familiar? Yeah? Let's go back to the passage. This is our last verse in John 14. 
in this beautiful passage of our King Yahusha, we can now answer the question. What was the question again? Why does Yahusha want so much to bring us to be with him in heaven? It's because we are his bride. And he longs to be with us the way a groom longs for his bride. Because of that love, not even the grave, not even the grave can never prevent our king from taking us. You see, even if we are in the grave, when the trumpet sounds to signal the arrival of the groom, he will snatch us. Our groom will snatch his bride to be with him forevermore. He says, in my father's house are many rooms. That's because the bride is the ecclesia. And all of us are included. There's a room there that has your name on it. That has my name on it. And our King Yahusha cannot wait. The Bible tells us once the signal to go, he will not waste even a microsecond. He will go right away because he loves each and every one of us yeah. that much. Brethren, walk with him every day because one day we're going to walk with him all the way up to the clouds and we're going to celebrate the marriage ceremony in heaven. Do not let anything prevent us from being present on that day. So now, pray to him. Whatever doubts you're facing, whatever affliction you're feeling, weep with him and let him weep with us. Develop, deepen that root so that we can remain standing and walking with our king. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray. Everlasting Father, how good you are. Your love we feel constantly. Every day, you give us hope. Yes. The world may be collapsing, falling apart day by day. It seems that every day, when we listen to what is happening about the world, more and more people become sad. More and more people become afraid. As human beings, sometimes we're affected. Father, please forgive us if sometimes we are overwhelmed by fear. We are but human beings. Show mercy upon your people today. Yahuwah, Yahuwah, you are the creator of all things. We love you so much. Your son prayed that we will feel your love. We pray to say, you will not reject this petition because we already know, we have already felt you care deeply about each one of us. Thank you for giving up your son that we may have the privilege to stand before you as children belonging to you. One day we will see you face to face. Help us to prepare that on that day we will celebrate with great joy in our hearts, our King, Yahushua. We, your bride, stand before you. Teach us to walk day by day, fixing our eyes upon you. You are our champion. You are our Messiah. You care deeply about us. We bring our sorrows to you. When you see your servants weeping, weep together with us. Strengthen our faith. Comfort all of us. We bring to your attention at this moment the sicknesses of your people, the problems we face in our homes. Okay, we believe in you. We have faith in you. We beseech you now. Shower your grace upon all of us. We cannot wait for that day when the trumpet will sound 
we will see you. May none of us be left behind. Oh, King Yahushua, you know our names. We want to ask you at this point, are we prepared? Is there something you want us to do? We want to be assured when you appear in the clouds, we will be there with you. We also pray for our loved ones, yes. our children, our parents. May you also prepare them. We want to be together on that day when we begin to go to the clouds. How we long to see each other, a reunion of sorts, to be with you in the everlasting home that you are preparing now. Father, thank you so much for listening to your people. Yes. Continue to guide all that we do and strengthen always our faith. Amen. We ask everything, loving Abba, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen.